Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back, everyone. This is Go Along with Dunn and Monas, part of the Go Along Network at golongtd.com. Thank you so much for joining our community. Uh, as always, you can upgrade your subscription if you haven't already uh, to get everything we have to offer, all profiles, all deep dives, and we've got a lot brewing over at the newsletter. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. wanted to include my conversation with Cincinnati Bengals quarterbacks coach, Dan Pitcher here on the podcast. Hopefully you've had a chance uh, to read the story over at Go Long on Joe Burrow and why these Cincinnati Bengals are primed to do exactly what they did last season. This is right when Joe Burrow heats up and he's able to decode, dissect, figure out what all 11 players on the other side of the line of scrimmage are up to before a play. Also, I don't know if people really realize how insanely close Burrow and the Bengals were to just an epic Super Bowl moment. At the line of scrimmage, midfield, fourth and one, 40-some seconds left. He checked to a goal route for Jamar Chase. He sent his best receiver deep, and Jalen Ramsey fell down. Chase was wide open. Burrow wasn't able to set up for the throw. Aaron Donald lassoed him around, and that was that. Chase slams his helmet to the turf. Burrow is a Super Bowl loser. So that's kind of where it ends for a lot of really good quarterbacks. They don't, they're not able to get back. Um, I think Burrow is, Burrow may be the best player in football. His mind operates at just a completely different level than most. And Dan Pitcher from Cortland, New York, a former SUNY Cortland quarterback himself, with a really interesting story himself, has a lot of insight to share on Joe Burrow. So here's our conversation. Again, check out the full story, golongtd.com. And thank you so much for listening. We, we all saw how, how dang close I mean, you and Joe and this team were to to sealing the deal and you know so many so many greats it just that, that it ends there right it's, it's hard to get back but you guys are on the climb back and I don't even know where to start but where, where did you start I'm trying to figure out how to get back to that game that moment I mean I guess really that that play the, the audible at the line I mean it was so close to being an all-time Super Bowl moment. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, one of those things that 
definitely, you know, will it, it eats at you a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, a lot. Um, but uh, just like anything, you just it's it's that moment is is gone, and uh, you know, very proud of uh, all the work that it took to get there, and and you know, proud of, of the team and of Joe, and um, and so you you, you take all the positives that you can you take the, the learning experiences the things you would have done differently uh and then you just try to channel that moving forward and i think that's uh you know what we what we've done so far what you know led by zach and, and kind of delivering that message throughout the off season and training camp and now into a season where you know it's the nfl it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a battle every single sunday um and you know we've I think we battled through the first half of the season and, and everybody knows where we're trying to get to and we know how hard it was to get there. Um, but we have the confidence that we can do it. And so, you know, it's what helps you weather the storm uh, through some through some tough, you know, last second losses. And, uh, you know, just knowing that in the grand scheme of things, we got the guys that can do it. Uh, we got the fortitude and that's where we find ourselves right now. Love it. I mean, not not to uh, dust off bad memories, but how did you take in that final play? Like, where's your vantage point when you're seeing you're seeing Joe at the line? I mean, that that, that takes an element of uh, I don't know balls, like to, to to audible to that play that that could have won the game. I mean, how, well, what's going through your mind as you're seeing that transpire? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> as crazy as it sounds. It's like. Uh, you know, you're, it's it's a fourth down, like many fourth downs we've had before. You know, when you're in that moment, you're just trying to survey what's the look they're giving us, what's he thinking about. Um, you know, we trust him wholeheartedly with with all sorts of different um, options at the line of scrimmage uh, because what one of the things that makes him so great is his uh, ability to, you know, really perceive all the information from the defense uh, take it all in, understand it, and then identify where they they may uh, have a weakness. And so, that's something that you know we we always want to um, accentuate with him, and, and it helped us get to that point. And so, you know, he I, I thought he made a great decision, and and there was obviously a matchup there that that we liked, and it just didn't turn out our way. Um, you know, so you learn from it and you move forward, and um, you know that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> Is it hard though? I mean, that's like you know. Oh yeah, I mean, that. no, no I mean, doubt. You're, you're, you're making I mean, it seem like it's pretty easy. Yeah, you just no, nah, that's that's the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no, it's it's gut wrenching. Um, yeah. It's something that you wake up and it's in the pit of your stomach every single morning that you wake up. Now, luckily for me, I got to wake up to a newborn six yeah. days late, and uh, it put a lot of things in perspective. And uh, it snaps you out of your funk real quick when you got a, you know you got a little human being that you're now responsible for. Um, that uh, that was a great. Uh, you know, thing for me in terms of perspective, but on a, from a professional standpoint, yeah, it, it absolutely eats at you, and it always will. Um, you know, and so that's where you just add that to the motivating factors and the drive to get back, and you know, and once you do get back, to to take advantage um, because it is so hard. But that's the ultimate goal, and that's what, why we do this. How do you think Joe attacked it? I and mean, he's obviously publicly quieter you know a little bit more reserved you're seeing him though um day to day how how did he kind of react um and just respond yeah, I, mean, to I, think, I think every i think everybody kind of uh you know 
reacts in their own way and processes processes it in their own way. Um, you know, it, it, Joe is Joe has incredible confidence. Um, he's the most confident person I've ever been around, and so when you exist in that space, uh, I think it's easier for people like Joe to process negative, learn from it, and move on because all of us have self-doubt, right? But but I think with guys like Joe, it exists to such a small degree that uh, he doesn't get caught up in it. He doesn't get lost in, oh, what could I have done? Was I good enough to make that? Like, I don't, I don't want to speak for Joe, but he just he is such a confident guy and rightly so that he's able to take those moments process them and and move forward um and that's why we love him i mean that's why he's so good in those spots right he doesn't he doesn't get rattled he doesn't let the circumstances dictate his play or his thought process he he just plays football um and and i think that's what he's done and and then you get into this season and i mean holy crap it's like an appendectomy right right out of the shoot. I mean, he's got to get past that, which is easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we joke. You know, he's it's 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 been like three for three in NFL seasons of you know weird stuff that have have led to you know not normal training camps for him. But you know, it's again, I just go back to his mindset and I go back to his mental toughness and how he's wired and. Mm-hmm. You know, the the hurdles along the way, obviously stuff that he would rather not have to deal with. Um, you know, it, uh, the the appendectomy set him back this this training camp for sure. Uh, physically, definitely. You know, it took him some time to get to gain the weight back and to gain the strength back. And um, you know, we were never worried about you know him missing reps. Obviously, you want him to have those, and he wants them. Um, but. I mean, we were always comfortable that he was going to be, be you know, ready to go, and it's just a matter of physically getting him to a point where he felt uh, good, and and so that was a hurdle. And but he attacked it like he does everything else, and uh, he was ready week one. Yeah, I guess that's true. You got to. I mean, every every pound kind of matters with your torque and your arm strength and your your lower body. I mean, when you're, I don't know how much weight he lost, but obviously it was significant to try to get that back. Yeah, I mean, he was he was uh, he was hospitalized for you know several days and and wasn't able to eat obviously like he normally was and so he, he you know he had a he, he it took him some time but he got there you know he worked hard at it he worked with strength staff and he worked with the dietitian and he and he and he got back everything he needed and schematically I mean I I mean I mean teams were probably doing some wacky stuff to you last year I mean and you guys you didn't have a problem and get to the dang Super Bowl but uh, I know you've talked a little bit about it just kind of watching you um, on that in the trenches podcast it makes so much sense where I mean teams are sitting back and the cover two or the quarters or a blend of the two and is it are teams really going out of their way to just try to eliminate the big play from from you guys and like I guess offenses across the NFL. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think the last thing you said is is significant in that I think there's a little bit of a, just a, a wholesale trend in that direction. Um, you know, where you're seeing more of the two safety zones. Uh, you know, especially on early downs, maybe where traditionally there's a little bit more middle closed. 
I mean, obviously, if you're a defense getting ready to play us and you look at the, the vertical threats that we have on the outside, it makes all the sense in the world that you would try to limit the opportunity for us to to utilize those guys. But the opportunity is still there. It's just about identifying it when it when it pops up and taking advantage of it. It's just you just might have fewer bites at the apple. Um, whereas maybe last year, you know, we had potentially more bites at the apple as people were figuring out like. You know, holy shit, these guys are fast yeah, and yeah. they can and they can make plays down the field. Whereas, like, you know, people have figured that out now, um, and so now it's just on us to. And I think we've done a good job, really, of um, you know molding what we do. And, and and again, it falls in Joe's lap to 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 identify the looks he's getting in the moment and um, distribute the ball accordingly. And it might mean a couple fewer opportunities to maybe push it down the field, but, but when they're there, you better take them and you better hit them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the world we're living in right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing just this past week, is, is Carolina doing that? I mean, you just hand the ball off to Joe and let him eat? Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime you can run the football like we did on Sunday, uh, it's going to lead to a, a really good overall team performance um, because – that I mean that if you can do that, that's that's really going to punish a defense if they choose to stay in those two high shells um, and devote resources to limiting your opportunity to to push the ball down the field. Well, nothing's free, you know. And so to do that, you're going to leave yourself a little bit shorthanded to stop the run. And and the way our guys blocked and the way Joe Mixon ran on Sunday. You know that that really bodes well for us moving forward. And is is it as simple as just the league being um, cyclical? Like you, know, you think back to like the Legion of Boom, right? With with the way they played, yeah. and you know you have the two big corners and just one guy deep, and and then more teams are, are kind of copying that. I, I can't remember covering Green Bay, guy with that historic 2011 team. That next year. Like they they were seeing some of those two deep shells and it was weird. It was new. It was like wow, team teams very rarely do this. And and Green Bay really couldn't run the ball that well until late in the season. And it's because that Seattle thing caught on. And then I don't know if it was like Brandon Staley and the Rams and what they were kind of doing. Is is that are, are just more teams catching on to like the the two deep look? Yeah, I think I, I think it is. There's definitely a definitely a cyclical nature to. The scheme trends in the league. I mean, you got 32 staffs full of coaches that pour over countless hours of film in the off season, during the season, in preparation, and so you know it, it, it makes sense that you see certain things on tape that work. And how can we incorporate that into what we do? Can we do, you know, do we decide to make a wholesale change and move in that direction? Do we just do little things within our current scheme that pushes us in that direction, maybe a little more gently? Um, you know, and those are the decisions that 32 teams are making. Um, you know, but I do think that there's definitely something cyclical there. And, and you know, when you're looking at the teams that have, you know, had had success recently, and, and some of the the quarterback play in this league that has just exploded at the at the high end. You know, it only makes sense that defensive coordinators are sitting there trying to figure out how do we how do we combat that, and um, you know, how do we how do we limit the explosiveness a little bit there on the offensive side of the ball. And then it's it's at the same time. I mean, you want to dictate. I mean, I'm just thinking back to the Super Bowl. I mean, you guys did such a great job defensively on on like Cooper Cup and kind of took their offense out of what they wanted to do best when 
you know, they're they're just trying to take what you're giving them. And then finally, in the last drive, it seemed like Stafford and McVay are like, okay, screw it, we're just gonna force feed Cup, and it worked. I mean, imagine you got a guy like Jamar Chase when he gets back. It's like, all right. Sometimes we don't care what you're trying to do to us. We just got to get the ball to them because we've got the best of the best. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's fair. I think at the end of the day, you're, all the scheme in the world, if it's not focused on who are my best players and how do I get them the football, like that's you're you're making a mistake. And so there's definitely truth to that. Like, like it all starts with people it all starts with the player it all starts with you know there's like the old adage when you know in crunch time think people not plays and and so our job is to make sure the plays are focused on the people um and and jamar is one of the best in the league and so you know that's that's what we do we spend a lot of time just trying to figure out how do we get our talented people the ball uh with the opportunity to change the game and uh, sometimes you're right. Sometimes that means like, all right, hey, maybe not the most ideal look, but you know what? We got to get it to him. Um, and so, you know, that definitely plays into it. Gosh, I haven't really asked you enough about yourself, Dan. Like, I mean, what? Just maybe I want an excuse to talk about Cortland too. Just you know, meet my brother up there for a beer here and there. Great, great campus. I almost liked it more than Syracuse. I went to Cuse and it was like, oh, it's a better time down in Cortland. <laughs> it is a good time. There's no doubt about. <laughs> but like, what? Um, I don't know. Are there any uh, just just memories, stories, lessons you've kind of taken along? I mean, there aren't many quarterback coaches that have taken your path from you know pl- playing QB down there and. and being you know, fighting for the Cordega jug to being in person now with the Colts to grinding your way with the Bengals, I don't know what, anything along the way that you can apply to to coaching Joe today. Oh, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, you're, I'm a I'm a product of all those experiences and all the people along the way. Um, you know, I think really my my love of like coaching and and scheme i think of two different experiences from my college career one was when i transferred from colgate to Cortland, and i and i missed the football season i had started training camp there for a couple weeks and i left and i had shoulder surgery and i decided at that point to transfer and so i sat out a semester and during that time i i went back and i volunteered at my high school um with the varsity football team and i ended up calling the plays that year uh and it was like i had so much fun and it was uh absolute confirmation for me of you know hey this is this is what i want to do i mean this is awesome i'm not playing right now but i love the game and and i love you know the strategy and the preparation and the teaching uh and all that went into it um so that was a really cool experience and then you know my last year at Cortland, you know i had really i had really kind of done all (laughs) completed all the schoolwork that you could possibly complete in in you know the amount of time I spent there and I had basically a a capstone project I think they called it to like to finish my master's that last semester and and we were able to craft it in such a way that I that I basically worked as a quality control coach in the mornings go in I'd break down the film I'd draw cards I'd sit in on meetings and then you know and then the afternoon I would come back and I would be a player um, and I think that experience of really getting me ready to be a coach, but then seeing how 
much that benefited me as a player. Uh, where I by far had my best year that last year at Cortland. I, I attribute a lot of that to the, the work that I was doing in the office and preparation. Uh, and really the whole thing just slowed down for me. Um, and that, that was another experience where I was like, all right, this is what it takes to be great at this position, uh, is that level of preparation. And, um, you know, so I think those things kind of shaped me. And, and I mean, I could talk for days about my experiences in the NFL so far and, the, the, you know, living in the personnel world and everything I learned there and then coming over to Cincinnati. And um, it's been awesome, man. I, I love what I do. I love football. The fact that I get to make this my life's work is, uh, I mean, you got to pinch yourself every now and then to, to realize how fortunate you are. And, and it just motivates you every day to do a great job and, and to prove people right that have given you opportunities. I love it. I mean, be, sitting out for a year, that could be a depressing time. I mean, you hear again and again how guys are just like psychologically damaged, just being taken away from the game, and you found a way to kind of fall in love with the game in a completely different way, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it really happened to me twice. It happened when I transferred, then it happened to me again. My first year as a starter in college, I tore my Achilles in my second game, and so I missed a whole season and then had to go through rehab and all that. And, and you know, again, I just, I, I mean, I stayed involved. I basically helped with the game plan stuff. I was in the booth for games and on the headset. And, um, you know, so I, I had all these experiences while I was still playing that just, kept confirming for me that when you are done this is your path um and you know it's something that i've just been i was fortunate you know a lot of people leave high school leave college and they're not quite sure what they want to do like i knew exactly what i wanted to do um and i think that clarity of purpose and and uh where i wanted to go has served me well Man, I can remember I played one year at St. John Fisher, and I'm like, man, this D three is no. I mean, every everybody's just as talented. It's just you know you might be a tick slower, a, a tick a tick not as strong. Every athletically, physically, it's just down a notch. And I can remember the moment like this. I'm just not good enough. This isn't for me. And I went to journalism <laughs> route to Syracuse. Um, it's it is kind of wild how you kind of you, you find your path. Like we all fall in love yeah. with football. We've all played forever, and it's like, okay, where where can I where can I take it? It's, it's a defining moment, isn't it? No, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and that's why it's such a great game. Is no matter where you take it, no matter what you end up doing in life, uh, I mean, football is going to teach you things and, and instill values in you that are going to benefit you, no matter what you're doing, uh, if you let it. If, if you if you take it to heart, um, and you know that's why it's a great game. I love it. Man. And now you're you're working with maybe the best player in the game, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. How do you that, that relationship? I mean, how how would you define it? Like how how would what do you want to give Joe? I mean, because I imagine you got to push him, but you got to accentuate what he does best. Like how do you kind of balance yeah. that all? Because he, obviously he's great. He's one of the best. But how do you almost get him to even a higher level? Yeah, you know, my philosophy with, with Joe and, and with the other guys, Brandon and Jake, and I we talk about it at the start of every year is, you know, I view I view our relationship as a, as a partnership. Um, I view my role as, as Joe's greatest resource uh, in his preparation, and I view it as my responsibility to uh, make sure that he steps on the field every Sunday 
as prepared as he could possibly be. Um, and so through that lens, you know, it just, I've had coaches that have done it a, a million different ways. Um, and I think number one, you just have to be authentic in your approach. You have to be yourself and you have to be consistent. Um, and, you know, I think I've, I've done a good job of that with Joe so that he knows what to expect from me every single day. And I know what to expect from him. And, um, it's an open relationship. There's really good communication. Uh, there's the freedom to disagree. Um, there's the freedom to push back and it's always done respectfully. And, you know, that's, I think that's important. Uh, when you have a guy that, that is as intelligent as he is, as competitive as he is, and who can process information like he can process it. Um, I think to approach it any other way, you know, just in my opinion, would be a mistake. Um, and I think you want to foster all those things within him because that's what makes the great ones great. And uh, he has that. He has it in him. And he's got, a, you know, he's got so much room to grow and improve, but he's already one of the best. It, you know, is, is there a, a specific element of his game you've seen him attack just head on in year three? Um, you know, I think the things that you start to see in year three are, are just like how fast he's able to get to certain adjustments in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff stuff that we that we talk about maybe in, in the off season or in training camp, or maybe it came up in week two and. And you, you try your best as a coach to prepare him for as many of the possibilities that he could see in a given week. But it's impossible to prepare him for every eventuality. But to see him be able to answer things in the moment when the play clock's at seven, six, five, four, and get to something that maybe we didn't even talk about that week, but then it, it's appropriate and it works. It's like that's some high-level stuff. That's that's where the, the accumulated reps of now three you know three seasons and he's you know missed some time in that first year, but three three seasons as a starter, you start to see stuff like that that makes you say, all right. I mean, if he continues on this trajectory, you're talking about a guy that it's going to be really hard for defenses to fool, uh, and it's going to be really hard for him to ever be caught in a position where he doesn't. He's not ready for what's coming at him. Um, exactly. And kind of come in full circles. Like, th- throw whatever you want at him. You know, quarters, cover twos, what, whatever the hell you got. He's, he, he's been studying this, this stuff since he was a little kid with his dad. I mean, he, he's just been immersed in the X's and O's forever. So I, he, he probably will always be able to step, stay a step ahead, and you guys can kind of work behind the scenes to do that. Yeah. No, he's, he's got tremendous... Uh, recall and and processing in the moment um, things that a lot of guys like yeah you could you could see it in the film room and before the game and they can understand it and then you could look at it after the game and they could understand it but the guys that can see it see one maybe one thing from one defender and it paints the picture for the rest of the other ten guys and what they're going to do and where they're going to be um, those guys with the, with the ability to process that are pretty special, and Joe has it. 
connection. Awesome, man. Well, I feel very guilty for pulling you away from your family for a half hour, so I apologize. No, it's all right, man. I'm in, the, I'm, in the, I'm in the office today, so you just pulled me away from uh, self-scout third downs here, so it's uh, oh. I, I, can, I got plenty of time to get back to that. Oh, man. Well, good. Yeah, get get on back, and it's, it's never too soon to, to start ripping through uh, some Christmas movies, right? So maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe you can get yeah. some time in this yeah. week. We'll uh, we'll 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 shut the football brain off for uh, for a couple of days here this weekend. That's for sure.